John chapter 16 and verse 23 and 24. Just get a hold of the power of prayer, the potential, the possibilities. We would just learn to pray and to believe God. Amen. The resources in the Spirit that could be tapped into. Amen. You know, prayer is so often neglected in this hour. And I, I believe we have neglected that privilege of prayer that God has given us. Amen. There's an unlimited source of divine power and provision for us if we would simply believe and ask. Verse 23, And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Father, we're thankful here today for your word. We know your word is truth, Father God. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ sanctify and consecrate us through that truth, Lord God, that we would be set apart as individuals, Father, as families, as leaders of our home, as parents, as preachers. Father God, we would be consecrated to the ministry of prayer. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen our faith. You would encourage us. You would draw us unto yourself, Father God, that we might believe you, that we might ask and receive In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, as we know, we've talked about this over and over again. (coughs) Prayer is one means whereby we personally tap into divine grace. For to pray is to commune with God, who is the sole source of every heavenly blessing. Now, we do well to understand that prayer is unlimited in its spiritual scope. It is unlimited in its spiritual power. How wide is its reach and how weighty is its influences? It lays hold on Almighty God and it receives a revelation of His faithfulness and by faith it obtains the promises secured by Christ. The more time that you will spend communing with Jesus, amen, the Word of God, the more faith you will have, amen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. I do believe you read your Bible, study your Bible, memorize your Bible, quote the Bible, be resolved to believe the Bible, that that's going to build your faith. But Jesus is the living word. Amen. In fact, I'll say if you're not communing with the living word, merely reading the written word is not going to bring you the type of spiritual benefits it would if you were communing with the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be quickened, amen, by the Spirit of Christ. We need to walk with Him. We need to know Him intimately. And if we will spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ, then you will find, amen, that what you before struggled to believe for, amen, you will have faith for. Faith cometh, amen, by the Word of God. 
Thus, the story of prayer is the story of great achievements. Every observation into the life of the praying saints of old reveals a testimony of victory, no matter how trying the circumstances were. You know, over the years, in my own experience, amen, every truly spiritual man that I've met, every man that was truly Christ-like, those who who truly brought forth the fruit of the Spirit, and those that I've seen that garner the most influence for good are always, without exception, men of prayer. There's never been an exception to that. I've never seen someone like that whom when you got close to you found out they were prayerless. Amen. Prayerless men, amen, struggle to be spiritual. All they can really do is try to fabricate what they see, amen, with the flesh. And that's not good, amen. And likewise, all the men that I have met in my Christian experience that were spiritual and begin to drift or begin to fade in the spirit, the reason was because they forsook the altar. Every single time. Amen. So prayer is an essential. Prayer is imperative. If you're going to fulfill the will of God, if you want to be used of God, and this is the thing, you meet people all the time. I wish God would use me. I wish that I could, you know, uh, preach or serve or, or whatever it may be that uh, uh, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But a lot of times people like that never seek God. The anointing of the Spirit of God. Hey, but you're not going to be rewarded with that until you establish a secret history with Him. Amen. The record of prayers, prayers achievements. Amen. They're always encouraging. In the Bible, men prayed and time stood still. Heaven withheld her rain. Amen. In the Bible, men prayed and the mouths of lions were stopped. Kingdoms were subdued. Knowing these things, can any, or rather, perhaps we should use the term believing these things, can any of us afford not to seek God? F.B. Meyer said, the greatest tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. And oh, what regret I believe we'll have at the throne of God, seeing how much time we squandered when we could have been praying. And could time be better spent in any other spiritual endeavor besides prayer? I think not. When we truly come to understand the unlimited possibilities of prayer, then we see it not merely as a duty or an obligation, but a privilege. Oh, to God that we would see. Amen. The unlimited, just how God, if we would just get a hold of God in this church. Amen. If just one person here would really just get burdened to be an intercessor. Amen. Praying for individuals. Praying for souls. You know, we've read the books of revival. We've heard of the testimonies. We've seen there's always been an intercessor. And then there are or rather some intercessors. And then it grows and there's people who are praying and interceding. And the move of God follows. The work of God is going to require that someone is seeking God. But if we as individuals, families, as a church, if we could just truly realize the spiritual potential of prayer. We can become burdened 
for the souls of men. What if somebody really in prayer became burdened for Gloucester or for this region here and began to labor in prayer and begin to plead in intercession to the God of heaven? Amen. Surely God wants to raise up such intercessions. You know, what if someone we know we need revival uh, and, and many of us see needs amongst ourselves? In other words, we're here in this local assembly and we can look across the aisle. Amen. We can look to the back or the front and say, oh, how we need this in the local church. If somebody would just be burdened to intercede and to pray, amen, the possibilities are unlimited. God could do through someone who would pray. In our text, Jesus offers us an open invitation and a divine power, divine provision, and grace through believing prayer. He said, whatsoever ye shall ask. Whatsoever ye shall ask. Now you think about it. That word whatsoever is an all-inclusive word. It implies anything and everything that we would have need of to accomplish the purposes and the will of God in our lives. You know, think about it, Brother Charlie is the chief executive uh, the the authority, the boss, the owner of Louisiana Lawn and Landscape. And uh, Brother Jerry is his foreman. And uh, so uh, when Brother Jerry goes out, he's been commissioned by his authority to accomplish certain tasks. And he's been given tools, certain tools to fulfill, amen, that calling or that uh, uh, a task that he's been assigned. And so not only that, amen, he's been given promises. He has faith in Brother Charlie that should there be a problem or should they meet some obstacle in cutting grass or doing landscape or whatever uh, job that they're doing, that all he has to do is call Brother Charlie and Brother Charlie will provide whatever they have need of to get done what Louisiana Lawn and Landscape, amen, must do. Amen. Now how foolish would it be for Brother Jerry to go out and start cutting grass and a belt breaks on his mower, amen, and him to say, well, I don't know really what to do. We've got to get this done. Let's get all down on all hands, you know, all fours on knees and hands and start picking grass, amen, with our hands. Or let's let's graze like cattle. Or let's walk around the block and ask people if they've got a belt. We can You, you see, if, if Charlie at the end of the day wondered where his crew was and he went out to the first property and found them there and they're not even through with the first thing that he told them to do of course he'd say Jerry what are you doing all, on all fours trying to pick an acre of grass when you when you uh, you know could have just called me and he'd say well I wasn't sure that you'd buy a new belt for us and how, and how foolish that would be multiplied if Charlie had given him a book outlining amen, every promise and everything that he would provide. And right there in black and white, if your bell breaks, just call me. I'll provide another. But that's how we are in the kingdom of God. We have needs. you got a need in your life, a spiritual need. God will provide it if it's according to his will. But you must ask. Amen. If we believe, we will ask. Amen. You know, we would think Jerry was foolish 
We would, we would mock someone like that. What's wrong? If they've heard Charlie, he would provide, and he wouldn't ask, we would think there's something wrong with the reasoning process. The issue would be one of simple faith or unbelief. Simple faith or unbelief. If we believe that God will provide, amen, then we will ask and seek Him for the answer. Hence, the only limit to prayer is the promises of God. Or in other words, what God has expressed in His Word. That means whatever need we have, amen, or whatever need we may have to fulfill His will can be apprehended through believing prayer. And that is an absolute. Amen. Whether it's salvation, whether it's empowerment through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, whether it's deliverance, whether it's healing, holiness, wisdom, amen, whatever we have need of, power or provision, God will answer, amen, if we will seek Him. Remember the two primary reasons for unanswered prayer is ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss. Amen. That's why we lack, because we're either asking not or we're asking outside of the will of God. Simply put, we fail to secure the promises of God because we don't pray or we ask for that which God has not promised. And this is simply a matter of faith. Amen. Failing to believe that Jesus is the Messiah or Jesus is the answer. Amen. If we don't believe that Jesus is the answer to every dilemma that we face, then we are in unbelief. But if we do believe, amen, we we believe the Word of God contains the answer. Jesus is the person of the Word of God that we're going to go to the Father in Jesus' name and we are going to secure the promise. For every promise is yea and amen in Christ. Remarkably, we confess we have incredible need while God with open arms and an impeccable record of victory says whatsoever. You think about it. What would lead us not to ask? Is there anything about God, anything in the Bible that would compel us to doubt His character? He has never been unfaithful. Never. Not once. He's never been unfaithful to you. Even though the devil may lie and tell you that he has. But he's a liar. He has never been unfaithful. And in light of this fact, the question for us is, do we believe the Word of God? Do we really believe the Word of God? When we're up against the mountain, when we're faced, amen, with a valley that we cannot negotiate, amen, in our own strength, when we know that we're facing something that's in the realm of impossibility that we cannot do without God in the supernatural, amen, then we must believe Him, amen, to provide. You know, I could tell you testimony after testimony, and it should compel, challenge, and stir me as well. All I have to do, and I believe you can do this as well, if you've been serving God for any length of time, then you have seen answered prayer in your life. Is that not true? You know, I remember when the church um, in uh, 05 or 03 or whenever that was, the years just kind of blend together now, but uh, during that uh, influx of people, and there were uh, an element of rebellion, 
that came into this church, and the church uh, just kind of degenerated into a place, I, I still think of it as the lowest place that we've ever been. And so bad was it that, uh, you know, that element, it just it wouldn't listen to me. I could preach, and it's just knew that people were just, they that's it. They just shut off listening. They were listening no more. Hey, Amen. I'm not saying everyone, but I'm saying that element. And that element had affected several people in the church. And uh, I can remember just saying it was about a month out before the tent meeting or the camp meeting. And I just said, I'm not going to preach another word to you. It's over with. There's an element of rebellion here. Hey, Amen. They believed it was my fault. Hey, Amen. That we weren't having revival or whatever, you know, ideas they had. And uh, again, I, I believe there was fault to go around. I'm not saying there wasn't any fault to go around. But uh, they had it all wrong. It was just the accusation of the devil. And uh, I just said, that's it. We're going to fast and pray. But during that time, I met with people. There was awful things said back and forth. Lots of, uh, you know, a terrible spirit. Darkness. The devil had come in. And I can remember going out and praying and seeking God. It was a place where if God didn't move, what would happen, Brother Brent? Would the church have been destroyed? Well, no, the church wasn't going to be destroyed because I was going to have to take every one of them and kick them out of here. But I don't want to have to do that. I want them to be delivered. Amen? And in doing that, Maybe some on the fence, some that had received some of the uh, gossip and lies and slander would have been sifted with them unnecessarily. So I begin to pray during that time. And, and I begin to seek God. Lord, you're going to have to move. You're going to have to supernaturally do something. And I remember I told the church, some of you were here, some of you weren't. You may not remember this, but I made a point. I don't ever tell, not to this day, when an evangelist or an outside preacher comes in, I rarely even hardly talk to them. I just, and I definitely don't ever tell them. You can rest assured. I don't tell, you know why I don't? Because if they say something from the pulpit, hey man, that exposes somebody and that someone comes to me, I want to be able to tell them I hadn't told them anything. Amen? But I made sure they knew. I'm not telling the preacher nothing. When Brother Timmy came in, hey man, you, many of you were there. But I can tell you, I never have been. And meetings like that. Now the reason I can say that, because I know what was said. Amen. He didn't know, but I knew. I knew what people had said. I knew what things were being said around and it's passed around. I saw him in the Holy Ghost come in supernaturally. That man would say exactly what someone said. He'd walk by and then put his hand on their shoulder. I mean, it was almost the whole meetings were so supernatural. The what things he was saying, even the way that he was moving through the congregation, it was so super. And what it did was it put the fear of God in people because they knew, amen, they knew that God was speaking. What was that? Amen, I believe that God answered prayer. Amen, he intervened in a difficult, an impossible situation simply because there was desperation. Amen, it wasn't his will that people perish and all he needed was for somebody to believe him and ask time and time again in my family I've seen with my children 
as they've grown and as we're walking through, amen, this journey and this pilgrimage with those that uh, are born again and how at times the devil has come in to destroy and lie, come in like a flood, amen, and just go out, uh, you know, have a discussion. Something happened and it just seemed like the enemy has come in. What's going to happen with one of my children? And you go out in the middle of the night or you come up to their whatever it may be and begin to say, God, you're going to have to speak. God, you're going to have to intervene. You're going to have to deal with this child. You're going to have to deal with their heart and their spirit and how supernaturally the next day or uh, just in the next meeting, the preacher, the preaching would be so on time and deal with that situation and break the power of the lie. I've seen that. I can't mention how many times I've seen that happen. Amen. You've got a troubled young person. You've got the devil trying to sift them and lie. You need to be praying for them. If you just ask God, He does not want them to perish. I can't tell you how many times that that's happened. Where I've gone out and asked, Oh God, be beyond something that I can do. And God would intervene. Amen. Imagine. If we had that type of burden, amen, for the community, for those we preach to, amen, on the campuses in illusion. You you understand what I'm saying. I believe we need to go. I'm not saying that every time you go on the street, if you don't go home and pray for, you know, every person that you spoke with individually, that you're in sin or you're unloving. But we could do a lot more praying about those that we preach to. Somebody say amen. Remember, a life quickened by faith will always be compelled to draw near to God. We know it says in Hebrews 11 and 6, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You see, that's the simple matter. Amen. If we truly believe that the answer is found in Jesus, and if we would seek God, then He would reward us with an answer than we would seek Him. On the other hand, unbelief tends to drift aimlessly, neglecting the person of God and the possibilities of simply asking. Amen. That's why it says in Hebrews 3 and 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you with an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. That evil heart of unbelief departs. Questions cast shadows of doubt. Amen. On the promises of God. Amen. But unbelief struggles to believe that God is whatever I have need of, amen, to do His will. You remember how God encouraged Moses when Moses asked, Who shall I say sent me? He said, You go and tell them, I am, amen, I am that I am has sent you. And all that is is whatsoever, whatsoever you have need of. You see, God sent me here this morning to tell you he is, I am that I am. And if you would just simply seek him and believe him, amen, then he will meet the need at hand. But you're going to have to ask, amen. You see, if you'll just be burdened, you'll have things to pray for. Amen.
If you just think about it, there's lots of things to ask God for that would bring glory to Him. Whatsoever, though, no more stirs up unbelief than crying fire stirs up corpses in a graveyard. But the eye of faith, amen, sees the unlimited possibilities of God through prayer. It hears whatsoever, and it's encouraged to press in and to seek. Mark 9 and 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe All things are possible to him that believeth. Amen. The word of God quickens faith to rise from the pit of despair and fall on its knees in believing intercession. Amen. We read in Philippians 4 and 6, Be careful for nothing. And the slightest thing we need to be seeking, God. And when we're faced with the most seemingly insignificant thing, we need to be asking God. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You see, unbelief does not necessarily imply the absence of faith, as all men have faith, but rather the misdirection or the neglect of faith. You know, really, if we are laboring, and we are called to labor, there's nothing wrong, we must labor. If you're not laboring... Amen. Then you're not really uh, under the discipline of the Christian life. But if we are merely laboring and merely working and merely toiling in the straight and narrow way, and we are not praying, that reveals our faith is in our labor and not in our God. Amen. That's, listen to me, that's something, that's a test you ought to personally apply to your life. Because if you're toiling and you're laboring and you're saying this is the way and yet you do not pray and seek God about it, then the object of your faith is your labor and not the God of the labor. Jeremiah 17, 5 says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, amen, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. If we don't have a seeking heart, but we got a working hand, I said, if we don't have a seeking heart, but we got a working hand, amen, then we're bringing a curse upon ourselves because the object of our faith must be God and His Word and not our labors alone. We must labor. We must strive to enter in at the straight gate. But that labor needs to rise out of true spirituality and true faith. Amen in the Lord Jesus Christ. Often the unbeliever simply puts his faith, and when I say unbeliever there, amen, it could be an unbelieving saint, simply puts his faith in the seen world, or he neglects to search the Scriptures to discover the mind of God. To doubt is nothing more than to become a lie to our circumstances while dying to the reality of an all-powerful God who says, whatsoever. Amen. Whatsoever. Think. Amen. What, it includes everything. Whatever need we have comes under the heading of whatsoever. Mr. Bounds said, four things let us keep in mind. God hears prayer. God heeds prayer. God answers prayer, and God delivers by prayer. In other words, there's going to be very little spiritual progress without prayer. 
And we've come to the place, amen, and I believe we as individuals have been at this place before. But corporately, we've come to the place where we are admitting and confessing. We're going to have to learn how to get on our knees and seek God. Amen. No, this is the end of the road. Amen. We're going to, this is the end of waffling around and walling around and prayerlessness as a church. We're going to have to grow up. We're going to have to put away the child. We're going to have to believe God. It's time to come into the altar. Put away the prayerlessness forever. Amen. Amen. We need to press in until we set that aside and leave it forever. Amen. We're going to have to learn how to pray. I said you're going to, and you need to have that solidified in your spirit. Amen. This is the end of this life of just kind of wallowing around and, you know, not knowing how to seek God or not choosing to press in. It's time for me to grow up in the spirit and take hold of the horns of the altar. Amen. I believe if we'll have that spirit, I refuse to be denied. I'm going to press in. I'm going to see, God, that God is going to be merciful to us. Amen. And he's going to establish something in our lives. We read there in verse 23, asking in the name of Jesus, in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I see unto you whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name. Here lies the glorious promise to every believer. A promise of an open door into the presence of God. This is an amazing thing. Over the years, where is the presence of God? I just long for the presence of God. Do you pray? Well, no. Well, you're not really longing for the presence of God. You've got an open door into the presence of God. You'll just walk through it. You know, you've heard the, the uh, basically the, the dictate or the, the saying, you know, you and I have as much of Jesus as we what? As we want. And that's the truth. Amen. It's nobody else's fault. Amen. Nobody else can keep you from Jesus but you. Amen. And if you want Jesus, you're going to find. Amen. You're faced with the door. Knock. It's going to be open. Seek. You're going to find. Ask. You're going to receive. Amen. Hebrews 10 and 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Jesus said in that day, meaning after his resurrection and through his atoning work. That's what he's speaking about. After, amen, that day or in that day, after, amen, the resurrection. Meaning the atonement. We must realize then the foundation of faith. Amen. How do we enter in to the presence of God? Does any of us deserve the presence of God? No. Can any of you earn entrance into the presence of God? No. Amen. How then are we boldly to enter in? Amen. By the finished faith in the finished work of Christ. That is the entrance. That is the key. Amen. That is the card, if you will. 
that opens the door, amen, where we can boldly enter in before the throne of God. Because of what Jesus did, the will of God has been secured for those who will simply believe, obey, and follow. Amen. On the cross, as we know, Jesus declared, it is finished. The will of God then has been won and has been secured. And yet the victory must be hashed out on a moment-by-moment, day-by-day basis. Amen. It needs to be enforced by faith. Amen. It's already secured. The victory is already. Jesus, every battle that you will ever face between here and heaven has already been won. Every victory secured. But you're going to have to walk it out by faith and believe God. The person of Jesus then is central, as we know, to our relationship with God. This is the crucial point. Our approach to the Father Our prayer must be in Jesus' name. Now, we say at the end of prayers, uh, or uh, as we pray, in the name of Jesus. But this is a little deeper than just mentioning the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus implies two things. Number one, trusting solely in his atoning work and humbly yet boldly approaching the Father in his steed on that ground. There's no other ground that you can boldly come before God. Amen. If you, if you approach God boldly on a, any other ground, you're foolish. Only on the ground of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. For His glory. Amen. We must desire then, amen. in other words, if we're going in the steed of Christ, we cannot say we're going in the steed of Christ in the name of Jesus if we're praying something that Jesus wouldn't pray. That's why, listen to me, we need to walk according to the Word of God. If we're governed by the Word of God, amen, then we'll have the mind of God and we will know how, amen, the will of God will be wise, will be redeeming the time, knowing what the Word of God says in every situation. And we'll come before God with what Jesus would pray. We would love what He loves and hate what He hates. Amen. And that's the question we must ask. Are we praying what he would pray? John 15 and 7. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. What an absolute promise that is. If you're praying the will of God, amen, if you're praying the word of God, you have an irrefutable absolute promise. Our mediator now is the person of Christ. He is our high priest, and he is our intercessor. When Christ died, the veil of the temple court, which represented our separation from God, it was rent from top to bottom. And by a new and living way, the creature has been invited to enjoy intimate communion and fellowship with his creator. But this is only in the name of Jesus. It's because of, it's through, it's all in Christ Jesus and his atoning work. If we miss this, amen, it's going to undermine our faith. It's something, it's solid ground that we must stand on. We must be established in this fact. It's only in the name of Christ, through the finished work of Christ, that we do approach the throne of God boldly. 
But if we do so, we have the promise, He will give it you. God will give. Amen. And He has revealed Himself over and over throughout the Scriptures as both gracious and merciful. He is a God who gives. Psalms 81 and 10, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. The problem in this hour is we don't open our mouth. We don't, we don't go to God and say, you're my I need you to move on my behalf so that you can be glorified, so that your will can be fulfilled and my life in Jesus can be lifted up. The possibilities of prayer are gauged by faith in the ability of God and our belief in His willingness to do. The only limit to prayer are the promises of God and His ability to fulfill those promises then. And faith in all it implies is the one prime condition by which God works. Amen. If we truly believe, then we will ask. If we ask, amen, then God is going to move on our behalf as long as we are asking in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's that simple. And yet so many times we're slow, amen, to be compelled and constrained to seek God. Amen. In the case of souls, we wonder in this hour. You know, I realize this culture is antichrist. I realize this culture is hard-hearted, post-Christian. Amen. I believe that America is gospel-hardened. But you know, listen to me, each and every one of us got saved out of this culture. You know, I'm not saying that if we would pray or that revival would necessarily, revival may come, amen, they may kill us all. I don't expect there to be some, uh, you know, super overflow of souls coming. I don't really see that in the Scripture, but the possibilities are always there because men have a free will. But certainly, if we would pray, if we would pray for souls, certainly, amen, souls can be delivered. Amen. It says in Isaiah 66 and 8, For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Faith is the sole motivation by which man prays. Faith gives character prayer. A feeble faith has always brought forth feeble praying. But vigorous faith creates vigorous praying. James 5 and 16, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If we have faith in God, if we have faith in His character, then we will ask. In our text, Jesus exhorts us to ask and to ask in His name, or to pray and to pray according to the will of God. Hence, the only express condition to He will give it you is to properly ask or to pray in faith. It's that simple. Matthew 7 and 7, ask, and it shall be given you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be open unto you. You know, I challenge you if it hasn't been your practice when you meet with a spiritual difficulty, I'm challenging you. Put Amen the problem aside and go ask God about it. If that hasn't been the way that you've lived, start living that way. You know, all these young people, you know, I have probably the oldest children in here pretty much, to get them up into adulthood and serving God, it's going to have to be 
supernatural. There is a battle that rages with them. And you know, it's a different battle than I fought. Amen. Because I was way out there. And they're way in here. It's just a different dynamic. I'm not saying they're sinners like I was a sinner. They need exactly what I need. Amen. But they're coming from a different experience. Amen. And they've been a part of this their whole life. And so they've learned, amen, kind of just to go with the flow. But you know, as they grow older, with every bit of responsibility, with every bit of moral accountability, they have to offer a fresh consecration to God. And that's something, amen, that I don't really know or have very little experience about because I was a grown man, came to Jesus, everything that I knew, amen, I had to put on the altar at once, amen, and that was it. It was just a clean break from the world, amen. I, I, you know, I never would. You know, now I got a car, and the devil wouldn't tell me you could drive away from here. You're in Walmart. You could go anywhere in the store and look at anything without your mother and father. See, we had that freedom when we were what, ten, eleven. These are all things that your children are going to face. Multitudes of things you never thought of before. And that devil's there every moment of their life seeking to destroy them and lie to them. You're going to have to know Jesus and you're going to have to pray for them because it is a monumental battle and they need intercession. They, they need someone to be able to pray through for them, to raise them, to walk with them until they're, amen, a, uh, able, you know, in that adulthood to walk on their own two feet, amen. And I'm telling you, listen to me, this is, this is about the, I'm learning things that I never knew, I never dreamed of just by experience. But I can tell you this, you had better know how to pray. You had better know how to pray. The human will, it is so proud. Amen. The human will is so stubborn. Amen. To think that young people in this environment, amen, would hold to selfishly hold, amen, to their, you know, little world, little limited world of choices. Amen. Think about that. You know, when I had to get right with God, I had a long list of sins and the pleasures of sins that I had to give up to get right with God. So my children, what, what is it? What? When someone does them wrong or they're playing with a truck and another child takes it away, they want the right to be able to get mad. I mean, you really talk. And if you, if you hadn't found that out about your children, you ain't dug deep enough. Because that's what it is. You know, when they're five or six or ten, they may not express it quite like that or that. But when you really dig deep enough, they only have, you know, this, they only have a little small world of selfishness, but they'll still hold on to it and go to hell. <laughs> they need to be convicted by the Holy Ghost. They need someone praying for them, interceding for them, crying out to God for their soul. There's plenty to pray about. Right here. Amen. I said there's plenty to pray. If God would just help us to see. Amen. We need to be seeking God for the answer. If we have faith in God, we will ask. Amen. God will give. 
Amen. Listen to me. What wonderful promises we have throughout the Scripture. Do we believe? Is there any reason for us not to believe that God will indeed give again? He's always been faithful. But not only that, we have the greatest of all, you know, gifts to look at as an example. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God's giving nature was revealed, and then He sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die for you you and I. And then we know the scripture well. Romans 8 and 32, he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? We have no excuse not to believe that God will not provide, that God would not intervene or answer our prayer. This is a sure promise with validating proof for its claim that God will give us whatever we have need of to do His will if we will only believe Him and ask. Again, Christ perfectly represented the giving character of God and that He never denied the believing request of any single person in the gospel. Think of that. Not anyone that sought salvation, sincerely. Not anyone that sought healing, sincerely. Not anyone that sought any good thing from Him, sincerely, according to the Word of God, did He turn away. He is, he is a represent, a sure representative of the character of the God, of God. Church, the possibilities are unlimited then. Amen. To any man, woman, or child, or church that would pray and believe Him for His Word. Psalms 34 and 10, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Remember, at the close of the parable of the unjust judge in which he stressed the necessity of fervent and diligent praying, and Jesus asked the pointed question, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Shall he find people seeking God? Amen. Shall he find people asking? Amen. Acting as if they truly believe what he's written. Oh, I pray that God would help us to see him. Amen. And finally here, amen. Asking so that our joy may be full. Hitherto have we asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. The two promises expressed here for those who ask in his name are answers and joy. He's going to answer and by that answer, amen, it's going to build your confidence and faith and there's going to be joy. It says in John 14 and 13, and whatsoever ye ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Answered prayer, of course, brings glory to God. Amen. And yes, it brings comfort. It builds confidence. Amen. And it cultivates joy in the believer. Amen. Prevailing prayer is birth out of the proper desires in the heart of the believer and culminates in the believer's request to the Father. Since our desires, amen, are conformed to the Father's desires, then what brings joy to the Father brings joy to you and I. Now, if that's not the case, amen, then you're not going to have divine or holy joy. The only way that you have divine and holy joy is if you rejoice in what God rejoices in. 
Now, desire is the expression of something we earnestly long for, but the true Christian, amen, as we mentioned, has proper desires and proper wishes. Wishes. Psalms 37, 4 through 5 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Meaning his will, meaning the thing that he delights in. When you delight yourself in God, amen, then you love what he loves and hate what he hates, amen, and he's going to bring that which is his will to pass and you will rejoice in it. Amen. Who can question then that desire met and fulfilled produces joy? Amen. This is why Christians, praying Christians, have joy because they desire what God desires. God brings the desire, amen, to pass. It's fulfilled and it produces joy. Amen. As the psalmist said in 30 and 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. A life that travails in prayer is one that experiences the joy of seeing answers to prayer. The man who experiences answered prayer is a man then with a keen sense of the reality of God. And how many of you know whenever God has unmistakably and irrefutably answered your prayer, amen, there was that keen sense, God is real. Amen. He is with me. He heard me. Amen. There's a reality to that. And there's an encouragement to that. And we should be experiencing that on a day-to-day basis. Amen. This is the possibility of prayer. This is the unlimited potential of prayer. Amen. The Word putting on flesh. Christ living in and with us daily. Amen. As we seek God and walk with God and interact and commune with him, we see the tangible hand of God unfold and unveiled in our lives. Amen. So may it be true amongst us. May we seek him while he may be found. Let's stand here this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Ask and ye shall receive. All things are possible to him that believeth. There is an unlimited reservoir of divine provision for you and I if we will just believe Him and press Him. Whatever you face here this morning, whatever difficulty, whatever lack, whatever need, the answer is in Christ. He is I am that I am. If we will just seek Him, if we will ask according to His will, and we will not be discouraged, and we will diligently press Him, He's a reward of those, amen, that have faith and sin. Why don't you lift up your hands here this morning? You say, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. But I, I want to be delivered forever from prayerlessness. I want to be delivered forever from prayerlessness. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to me. Thank you, Lord. Continue, Lord, to prod. Continue to call, to woo. Lord God, I want to overcome. I want to believe you. I want to walk with you day in. And I want to know you. I want to have your heart. Give me faith. Help Help me, Lord. Strengthen me. Edify me to do your will. And seek your face. I know your spirit, Father. Asking, calling us 
commanding us to seek your face. And Lord, our heart is saying, your face we will see. Your face we will see. Help us. Help my brothers and sisters. Pour out your spirit of prayer and supplication upon us. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for this morning. Hallelujah. We're going to continue. Just continue to talk about prayer. Preach on prayer. Teach on prayer. I'm believing. Amen. We're going to come over the hump. We're going to get the victory in this. Amen. Just be faithful. Be committed. Make a commit. Step out. Make a covenant. Mean business. Amen. If you haven't been praying, man, I'm going to begin to seek God. I'm going to get, begin to pray. We've got to learn to pray. If you don't learn to pray, you're going to be destroyed. Amen. You know, God's been merciful with you if you haven't prayed thus far. If you've never established a prayer life and you've met, God's been merciful to you. But He's the source of all blessing. Amen. You're going to have to walk with Him. You're going to have to know Him. You're going to have to know Him in this hour. Amen. So let's, let's just, there's no possibility. Don't, don't even harbor the possibility that I'm going to remain where I'm at. I'm not going to stay here one more day. I'm, I'm marching forward. I'm marching out of this. Amen. I'm going to seek God or else. Amen. We'll have that spirit. Amen. We're going to get free. We're going to get free. God's going to help us. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. Brother Bob, would you dismiss us with prayer? Amen. We love you. God bless you. Six o'clock tonight. Let's come back and seek the Lord. Lord willing. Hug someone as you go. You dismiss.